All right. Welcome back to the Youth Out Podcast. If you like anything that you hear today, go ahead and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, as well as follow us on Twitter and Instagram. So we're going to jump into some news that we missed uh, this week. Not big enough for a story, but big enough to talk about. U.S. women's soccer team is off to a bad start in the Olympics. They lost oh for the God. first time in 44 games, but they're lost to Sweden, which means that Team USA is in shambles all across the board, not just in basketball, but in women's soccer, and I think our track team might suffer as well. Yeah, it's truly like the two sports, if you had asked me, like, where will we get a gold medal? And right. I would say women's soccer and men's exactly. basketball, yeah. and they're yeah. both performing terribly so what far. The box? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gymnastics as well, oh, and yeah, uh, but you know what? It's still strong. We love a good house. We love some house news. Scotty Pippen, he listed his house on Airbnb. I don't remember what was the what was the actual story behind this. Was it for the Olympics or? Jared, this is your story. What's the <sighs> I don't remember now. It's lost it in the. It was for like a big purpose. I think it might have been for Game Six or something like that. Yeah, it might have been for a finals game. It was for a finals game. Okay, but wait, you know, someone... Scotty Pippen, he needs the money. So. Aren't, yeah. <laughs> he needs that ninety-two dollars. I mean, he did have that bad contract, right? That was the whole thing. No, it's, it's the Olympics. Dance, so, no. Oh, it is yeah, much for the Olympics. Yeah. How much is it? I think it was like eighty, like ninety-two. Was, yeah, ninety-two dollars yeah, yeah. a night. It's his oh, yeah. for a two-bed, two-bed, one-bath. Presumably, because they were the ninety-two team, right? I think that's why yeah. they did that. Otherwise, that that's like a, an insane price. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we should do it then. <laughs> we actually should, we actually should. Yeah. Is it in Illinois? I don't know where he is. Do you want to get me to Chicago? Yeah, it's in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in Chicago. Uh, is Scotty paying for flights or nah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's gonna come out with a scorched earth interview though, like dissing us the next time. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so apparently Kawhi was suffering a major injury in the playoffs. He had a repair on a partial torn ACL. So it came out probably about a week ago at this point, but it's official. We know it was wrong with him. As well as injuries go, Rams running back Cam Akers ruptured his Achilles. Uh, He was training on his own, I believe. It was not during any football-related activity with the Rams, but it does suck. I know for fantasy purposes, Cam Akers was supposed to be one of the top running backs in the league, and I know a lot of people out there might be or might have been itching to get him, so it's rough. I remember then, I was this was in reference to I think when one of the Ravens guys got injured Pat McAfee was like if NFL players got injured off the facility they would come into the facility start working out and then pretend like they got injured in the facility because then you get like more benefits or something I can't remember what it was I mean, that makes sense. we saw what happened to that uh, lineman for the Broncos they like oh, was a forfeit his contract or something, or something but. yeah that's and then uh, on another very long and now pretty much boring story, Aaron Rodgers declines a two-year extension that would have made him the highest-paid quarterback in the league, which means that we just now have no real clue in what Aaron Rodgers wants from the Packers because he'll just continue to be passive-aggressive until, you know, who knows when, and not actually say what he wants. So, whatever. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just it's it's at this point I don't even want to see Aaron Rodgers get what he wants. To be honest, oh, <laughs> the fans That's start okay. to turn. Oh. <laughs> but just holding out for that Jeopardy money, you know. He saw, <laughs> he saw Guy Fieri's contract yeah. on oh, the yeah. and he's like, "I need that at least." No one can get that. Yeah, Guy Fieri money. The highest paid man so, in television. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> but 
We are recording this episode on Wednesday after the Bucks have won the finals, so we just witnessed Game Six. Uh, we know the results. Bucks win in six. Spoilers. Uh, they won four in a row. And I have a couple little fun tidbits about this finals that might be kind of worth mentioning. So that would make it now because the Bucks won. Both Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday won a title that their first year removed from the Pelicans. Can you believe it? P.J. Tucker, former Rocket, beat all of his former Rocket teammates to win a championship. So he beat Trevor Reza in the first round. He beat James Harden in the second round. Clint Capella in the third round. And, and then he beat Chris Paul in the finals. So he and is those, pretty yeah. much the Thanos of basketball now, collecting all the former <laughs> yeah. teammates. And those and were this all would be, the guys he plays with. He plays yeah, with exactly. The Rockets. That, was, that was all four of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically, it feels like 50 years is a magic number because this is the first finals since 1971. And I feel like the Cavs... It was a 50-year drought, and we saw the Cubs in baseball was a 50-year drought. I just feel like every time the team Cubs, wins a no, championship. No, Cubs in baseball is double that. It was 100? It was like 106, okay. something like that. It was a long time, but I feel exactly. like every time I, look up, yeah. every time I look <laughs> yeah. up, somebody has won in, for the first time in 50 years. So who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows who keeps winning? But we do have some takeaways for it, and Lucas, I'm going to start with you. Does this cement Giannis as the best player in the NBA? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and claim it. Uh, I think it undoubtedly does for a few reasons. One, he put in, I think, what you can unquestionably say is one of the best performances in finals history. So I looked at, quoting a tweet here from a uh, basketball writer, hopeful one day friend of the pod, Shea Serrano, who sort of went through um, Giannis's stats after they went down 0 2 and the first game two he was good he put up 40 as well but game one he was still coming back from injury but after the bucks went down 0-2 in the finals Giannis did this he put up a 42 12 and 4 stat line to win game three in game four 26 14 and 8 and had that all-time game saving block at the rim to sort of save uh the bucks chances sort of swing the momentum back in their favor after they had blown a lead game five Giannis puts up 32 9 and 6 and had that alley-oop dunk, which also sort of stifled momentum from the Suns. And in Game 6, he dropped 50-14, had five blocks, and won the title. Insane stat. Like, that run of four games might be close to, like, unmatched from anybody not named LeBron or Michael Jordan in the finals. Um, And it's just, like, a, a kind of clutch that we've only really seen, I think, in this generation from LeBron. And with LeBron finally showing his age, I think it's Giannis's time to take over in that role. And Giannis is doing it at a younger age than LeBron was doing. Um, he also won without a super team and a good but not great supporting cast. I think if you're going to make an argument for like who is the best basketball player in the NBA right now, Kevin Durant is probably your other closest candidate. But I, I think that's a very legitimate argument for that. But if you look at what happened when Kyrie went down for the Nets... Uh, they lost their series, and KD couldn't carry them, whereas Giannis won with Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker and Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton, and guys who are good players, but I don't think you consider any of them necessarily elite players. Um, and when KD was forced to play without elite players, they lost to the Bucks. And we're rounded off talking about the accolades. So there are only two people in NBA history to be two-time MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, and Finals MVP. They are Michael Jordan and Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is it. 
I don't think you can make a case that he's anywhere outside the top three in terms of basketball players, but I think after winning this title, after seeing what he's doing at such a young mm-hmm. age, I he's only 26 too, which I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he's been along, around for a lot, a lot longer, but he's got at least probably six, seven years left in his prime. Um, I don't think you can say anything other than it's his league. He's probably the best player right now. I agree. When when we wrote this question down, I immediately thought to last year when the list of like the top ten players came out. And Anthony Davis was either one or number two, mm-hmm. and and my, at first I was thinking, you know what, it's probably Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant has been kind of on the wait list for best player in the world for a long time. Mm-hmm. But then I said, I said during the Anthony Davis is that he has to at least have the opportunity to lose it. And Anthony Davis did lose it last year. And I think Giannis mm-hmm. needs the opportunity to lose the number one spot if he ever does at some point next year. Mm-hmm. So I believe I agree with you. I believe everything you said that it's going to be a battle between Kevin Durant and Giannis. But if I were to make the list right now, Giannis wouldn't fall anywhere outside of the top three. And I would probably still put him number one. Yeah, Giannis is definitely a, a different mold of player in a lot of ways. In terms of obviously, we've talked a lot on this podcast about his play style being different. Debated that a lot, but also I think the coolest part of the story is like he's very different from the other the other modern NBA stars in that he like he stayed loyal to a team that didn't look like it might be able to do enough for him. Like at the time that he signed his contract extension with the Bucks, it didn't look like the Bucks were going to be. Uh, like an NBA title favorite, right? And they were like, oh, he's the perfect fit in Golden State and all that jazz and stuff. And I think it's really kind of heartwarming in a way to see a guy, like, stick by the team that drafted him. And, like, he's talked about how uh, the team took a chance on him and he, like, kind of wanted to repay that favor. Mm. Uh, That's another part of his story that I really liked and, like, kind of coming out of it. As well as... uh, I didn't realize like Chris Middleton and Giannis have been playing together for such a long time too. So I think same draft class. I want to say. I think Middleton was the class be one before, but then was traded to the Bucks in 2013 when Giannis was drafted. So they've been together all of Giannis's Bucks career, but Middleton I think is a year older, if I'm not mistaken. So because 2013, yeah. a very very consequential year in Bucks history. That's when <laughs> Brendan Jennings made his a. Uh, his famous Bucks and Six claim against the reigning champion Miami Heat. Um, they were in, they were the eight seed against the number one seed Miami Heat team, which had D Wade and had LeBron and had Bosh, and he's like Bucks and Six, and that sort of became like that the fun rallying cry throughout this whole playoffs, and they did it. He was just eight years too early, <laughs> but he knew that within months they would acquire the two guys who would win him a championship. So it's fun. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right, Lucas. He was drafted a year earlier, and yeah. And I guess got traded. He was on Detroit, Detroit, but yeah. eight years yeah. is a long time to be with one team. Yeah, That's yeah. Wild or seven or eight, however many seasons that was, seven or eight. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is going to send a message across the league that you can win with one team? That some teams like uh, Steph Curry could have possibly have left. I know Dame is dealing with his own troubles right now. There are some players who are on big teams, and that maybe kind of outside of what we predict is, uh, you know, a championship favorite. Do you think that those players might t- take a look at themselves and say that they can stick around a lot longer? No, I don't think so. I think that my opinion is that the pressure cooker, like kind of put onto these stars by the media of like rings is all that matters is going to dominate is still going to, unless that stops, 
becoming uh, like a big rallying cry on like legacy and stuff like that and respect, then I don't think it's going to stop. Players are still going to just chase the rings and go the easiest. I mean, I don't want to sound too harsh, but they're going to try the easiest route possible to get there. You know? Mm-hmm. Easiest route available. Like, obviously, not every team, like, Dame's not going to join the Nets, right? But, like, a, a route that's that's plausible, right? And he, they're going to they're gonna try that, I still think. I wonder, but for Dame specifically, it might send a message to him that there is, there is potentially a path for a team like Portland, mm-hmm. like a market like Portland. I don't know about most other stars, though. I don't think it's going to change for them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with the Bucks though, that the past, what, three years, they've been a top two or three seed. They've been a title contender and just haven't really totally converted until this year where they really made a run and went for it. Whereas, like, the, the Portland situation is they've always been kind of on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if it would give, like, Dame hope per se, um, but it does give hope to, like, like... The fact that you can't, like, one failure in the playoffs or two, two or three failures in the playoffs doesn't mean that the team should be imploded if it if it looks like a winner. And so I think, like, the Jazz or, you know, teams that have struggled for years in the playoffs but always are good and seem like they have a shot um, can maybe take something away from this. Like, oh, like, it, mm. it can happen without the super, super team. Yeah. yeah, and I think another good comparison, too, is the Nuggets. Like, I think yeah. that's, like, a, a very similar situation which one you have, like, one like superstar world beating player obviously the bucks have Giannis, nuggets have Jokic, and then you have like a good good but not great supporting cast around them and i think so like if i'm Jokic, yeah i have no idea what is in his mind about like staying or going or whatever but um i think that like i look at this i'm like okay like i don't need to immediately flee somewhere else they're similar ages similar situations like i think for at least a guy like Jokic, like this maybe gives you some hope that yeah. You can stay where you are and win the title. Lucas, here's my question. I'm sure you didn't prepare notes on this, but what do, what do Daryl Morey and the 76ers uh, take away from this? I honestly think it's like a, a similar type deal in which like if you have one elite superstar player and you build a team around having that guy win, then you can win a title. And I think it makes Ben Simmons all the more expendable, honestly. Because, the, the, I mean, the player you're going to build around if you're the Sixers is Embiid. Um, and while Ben Simmons has his strengths, and even if you like consider the upside of what he is, it was never really a perfect match for playing alongside Embiid. And I tried to justify that, I think, mm. on this podcast lots and lots of times. But uh, I mean, the fact that Simmons isn't a shooter, but is the guy that dominates the ball means that they take up each other's space in the paint a lot. And it's just like he was never a perfect match. So if you put someone who's a shooter in Simmons' place, even if he's not, like... Or even if he doesn't have the upside that Simmons potentially still does at this point. Like, I think there's a path to the finals for a team like that with Embiid being your superstar Giannis-type guy because in terms of, like, development, in terms of, like, position, like, the Sixers seem to be on a path that's, like, two years behind the box in terms of, like, having a guy come in, having him be dominant... Now the Sixers have kind of reached the point the Bucks were at like two years ago in which they're like the top seed, but they can't really break mm-hmm. through in the playoffs. And they maybe just need a tweak or two to get there. So, yeah, if I'm Daryl Morey, if I'm the Sixers, I think this also sort of gives me some hope that like if we can go all in on Embiid and building a team that works for Embiid, there's a path to the finals at this point. Fair. So, yeah, Lucas, I'm going to come back to you again. Uh, 
the Drew Holiday signed a long-term extension. Mm-hmm. Chris, uh, Giannis is on, obviously on a super max. Chris Middleton is expected to get $35 million a year here soon. <clears throat> Can the Bucks carry this on for another couple of years? Can they become a dynasty in the NBA? I'm going to go soft yes on this one. I think, I don't know if they're the favorites to win the title the next year, but as the, I think the Nets will have a decent shot to maybe be the favorites in the next few years. But then, like, I think within three years, the Nets are going to fall apart due to injury or people getting old and stuff like that. And if that happens, and I mean, like, lots can change. Like, people can develop, lots of things can happen that are unexpected. Um, but if the Nets fall apart within the next two or three seasons, you really only have two teams in the East that look like they have the potential to win, and that's the Bucks and the Sixers. And at this point, the Bucks are obviously ahead of the Sixers. So unless the Sixers make huge moves... Like, I can see within the next five or six years the Bucks making at least two more finals minimum, maybe winning one or two. Um, so I think, like, if you're projecting out, there's, like, there's a good chance that they could be a dynasty. And I define that as probably winning at least two more titles over the next five or six years. Um, but I don't think it's super likely if we're talking about it. So I think it's, like, I'll go soft, yes, it's possible, but I'm not going to, like, you know, Run, put all my money on this as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Giannis is only 26. Barring injury, I mean, they've got a lot of good years left with him. I would personally be shocked if they do become a dynasty. This felt, it felt a little bit more like Kawhi with the Raptors than like Steph Curry in the Golden State for me. It did, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from Marcus's Bucks, you know, banners fly forever. Uh, and everything, but it they definitely, you know, they, they got helped a little bit by some stars being injured, and I think for sure, especially in the Brooklyn series. I, I'd i be shocked, if honestly, if Brooklyn doesn't win the East next year. I think they just have a little bit too much talent, and, like, super teams seem to come together the next year, right? Uh, so I'm – I just think there's, a, there's quite a bit of roadblocks still in their way. But if Giannis, you know, keeps still developing his game a little bit, which, like I said before, I think he still is. Uh, I mean, if he's if he's hitting seventeen of nineteen free throws every night now, you know that would be that would be quite quite the. Uh, we'll see if he takes our offseason homework assignment or not, but you know that would make him obviously pretty good and, and elevate the Bucks to a new level. Um, but I think there's a lot in their way still to become into dynasty. Yeah, and like another like going on top of the fact that yeah they weren't like incredibly convincing throughout the playoffs like i don't think like obviously they had a very dominant last four games um, but before that i'm not sure any of us were totally sold on the bucks like their first round series was really good their next two were fine um but i think like looking to the future like obviously they have a talented team but i'm, I'm not convinced yeah of the dynasty yet i don't like who knows with the Nets, they could have the same injury situation the next two to three years during their prime i wouldn't be surprised if that happens um, but like, if we look two or three years out, like who knows what the super teams are going to look like by then? I mean, if you think three years back, like there were no mm-hmm. Clippers or no, um, Kawhi Clippers, no LeBron Lakers. So who knows what the landscape will look like at that point. And there could be a, a new, you know, um, team in, in the East that takes that super team title <laughs> and looks unstoppable. Um, so yeah, I, I would be shocked if the Maybe not shocked if the Bucks win another one, um, but like more than two or like matching the Warriors, I don't really see. 
And Aiden, do you feel like that there is a team on the horizon right now in the East outside of the Nets that might kind of be the the biggest challenger for the Bucks? It's a good question. I mean, I think the Sixers are the most intriguing. Obviously, if they if they did pull off some kind of Dame trade or something like that, or did make a splash um, to support Embiid. I mean, Embiid's a player who can. Um, I think Giannis is definitely the the best player in the NBA title. Uh, blogs name at the moment, but Embiid could have a claim to that. He's at least top five, potentially top three. Um, I think there are a bunch of other teams in the East that could get good. I think the Celtics, if they made the right trades, have talent and could be good. I think the Knicks have money and have finally started to attract some um, some noise, and so I could see free agents signing there and that becoming a super team. Mm-hmm. You have the Hawks who are on the rise, right, to some degree um, with a bunch of young talent. Um, so I think there's enough teams there that look like they can make noise that it's hard to say that Giannis is, um, or, and the Bucks are like the clear cut, um, favorites next year or, you know, going forward. And I agree. Cause I, I think that the Bucks definitely can do it. And I don't think that the limitations are outside of, or are on Giannis. Drew Holiday, I know that he improved a lot during the finals, but his final stat line was 12 points. And it was a close, it was seven, it was a seven point victory. But let's say the Suns play perfect team basketball, this game goes the other way. In the one game where Drew Holiday did score, you know, I think 25 or 27, they look dominant. And if Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton can go get 25 each, then I absolutely believe they can be a dynasty. But the most, but the biggest problem and the reason why it feels more like, uh, Kawhi than Steph is because Steph and Clay are some of the most efficient and consistent shooters we've ever seen in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are not some of the most consistent offensive players. Drew Drew Holiday is anywhere between eight points and thirty, and Chris Middleton is somewhere <laughs> yeah, between fifteen is somewhere between fifteen and twenty five. You know, Giannis can get you. 50. He's not that inconsistent though. I I wouldn't th- say Chris Middleton is inconsistent. He played well at the end, but I mean, you can't argue that if you literally look at a stat line, it's like 14, 23, 18, you know, 27, 19 points. Like it, it was kind of bouncing in between. He wasn't a consistent 22 all the way across the board. And that's, and that's going to be yeah, their biggest problem is how consistent can they be in the playoffs next year outside of Giannis going for 35 because he averaged 35 in the finals. Yeah. And that's maybe something that like, is a reason to be optimistic about the Bucks is that like Middleton I thought was generally pretty good. I mean there were there were some inconsistency issues, but Drew Holiday was not good in the playoffs. He just he just what like there was a bunch of nights where I feel like he shot under thirty percent, and he was not that way during the regular season. I mean maybe that's you know him not being able to handle the pressure or playing against tougher teams, um, but it seemed like he was a little bit out of whack for the whole thing. Um, so like if. The fact that they won with their, you know, third best player being so kind of sporadic and having so many bad nights is pretty impressive. Not to not to call that into, but I have this stat written down. Um, Drew Holiday did have the best overall plus minus of any player in the playoffs this postseason, which is a hard to believe stat. That's but a like, pretty hard to believe stat. I, I think it's just like. He's a great it, defender. He he's a great been. defender. I think yeah. it like, it, but it's weird that like. His yeah. shooting was so bad, and yet yeah. his impact on the game was like more in theory higher than like anybody else in the whole playoffs. That is pretty crazy. 
But you don't pay a guy $160 million just to be a good defender. He has to do more than that. He has to be able to score at least 18-plus a night. How many years is that $160 million spread out for? Four. There's a lot of overpaid players in the NBA right now, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, if they want to win another one. Yeah, yeah. Or at least, look, and let's let's get into this. What what does this mean for the Bucks offseason? I'm going to start us off. I think that they need to take the ball out of Drew's hands and make him more of a mercenary than a playmaker. He averaged a pretty good assist number this year, but I'm specifically saying go and get Lonzo Ball, make him your playmaker. He can shoot the three. He can still guard point guard's position and tell Drew, go get 24. And that's his only job. You're going to guard our best guy and you're going to go get 24. And he's pretty much going to be Clay Thompson and see how it goes. Because at the worst, Lonzo Ball just goes to the bench. But... Mm-hmm. That's one specific move. Also, fire Coach Bud. I know. Oh my god! What if they did? There's no way. There's no way. I know that typically he has earned another year or so, or at least another three years. He's earned another year. That's it. But let's say this: he's earned thirty games. What if they were bold (laughs) enough? Because business is, you know, business is business, and they have to make a better choice. This is if this win was more Kawhi than Steph. Coach Bud right now is more Mark Jackson than Steve Kerr. Okay. Well, what about the fact but though Mark that they Jackson went down? Never... <laughs> yeah, he won a title. Like yeah. bad coach. <laughs> we, we vaguely have this conversation in the group chat, but bad coaches don't win titles. Okay. okay, coaches win titles. Good coaches can win titles. He's not but a like... bad coach, but he's okay, and he's not great, and that's my problem. Yeah, but what and about the fact dynasty. that he? What if he? What about the fact that he came back from two o two deficits in the series? That has to say something about coaching adjustment, either in philosophy, whether it's motivation, philosophy. I, I'm not like too much in the excess of O's of basketball, but something happened, right? That's got to mm. that's got to count for something. And it doesn't count anything to me. <laughs> but okay. I mean, I, I think it, it was pretty clear in the Nets series that they were not able to to figure out how to beat teams like that. I think it could have really gone the other way. Except oh, so, they beat oh, them. So I know, except they beat them. <laughs> but I think that... So they did figure right out how now, to beat look, teams Right now, look, if the Suns played complete team basketball, as they, as they have relied on this whole year, and they didn't have the turnovers, this might have been a, a seven-game series, or at least maybe a six-game series going to the Suns. But Giannis was so great that their star was better than the Suns' star. But these were still close games either way. These weren't... This, it wasn't four blowouts for, since game two. I don't. I mean, Fair. I thought the Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks are probably, probably, the better <laughs> team given the players they have. I just don't know if their offense plays like it all the time. Yeah, sure. Outside of sheer dominance. That's why honest. it's a. That's why it's a series, though. You know, that's why it's best to seven, not one game. Best to eight. Suns. Suns take it. Tell you that much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I do. They keep going. They keep they going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about the other team right now because yeah. we saw Chris Paul mm-hmm. make a finals, lose the finals. Uh, Devin Booker's still a young guy. What chance do we give the Suns to remake another final sometime between? Let's say next year, the next two years. I think the West is the West is so much tougher. I don't know. LeBron's getting older, so the West is getting is getting more open. But who knows what the Warriors might look like? What Clay might look like next year? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Steph was playing at an MVP level this year. 
you got Jokic, you got the current MVP in your conference, potentially Dame, who knows, you know, on that Donovan Mitchell. There's just so many good teams in the West. Luka. The Clippers, you know, I uh, it's tough. It just seems like the West is so wide open, and then, like, in situations where it is so wide open, the chances of any team repeating is feels low to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to have, like, things just check exactly in your favor, and I don't know, like, the, Kawhi got injured in their series. You never know how that affects things if mm-hmm. he stays healthy for the whole Suns-Clippers series. And just, like, things have to fall in place in, like, a very specific way, and, like, I think they're legitimately five or six teams in the west and that might even be like conservative that could legitimately make a run at the finals next mm-hmm. year and i don't think the suns were so outwardly dominant and <clears throat> possess like such great skill that i would peg them as the favorites by any stretch coming out of the west next year so i mean who know who knows how that lakers series would have went too if anthony davis yeah, and lebron right, were 100 percent, right. you know but okay so Chris Paul is gonna he he's gonna opt out of his player option. He's looking for three or four years, a hundred something million dollars. Should the Suns look to re-sign Chris Paul? Should Chris Paul look to re-sign with the Suns, or maybe move to it in a large metropolitan area with a orange and blue fan base? Not specifically. <laughs> he's mix, already but, you know. orange and purple is close enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. But I, should he should should the Suns want him, and should he want to come back? Yeah, I think it should be a mutual thing. But, I mean, anytime you get to the finals. Especially, like, it's not like the Suns were coming into the season with finals aspirations, maybe internally. Uh, but, like, <laughs> I, I think once we get a little bit of distance from their, their 2-0, you know, breakdown, like, this is going to be a season that's looked back upon, you know, pretty fondly, I would imagine. Um, so I think the Suns are definitely going to want to resign CP3. Um, mm-hmm. And if I were Chris Paul... I can't think of another situation where, like, this is a proven situation that pretty much works. Like, they're good. He makes them better. Right. Um, he would make a lot of teams better, but, like, this is... There have been situations where we see superstars go to another team that doesn't really mesh. Um, I think you should stay. Assuming that Chris Paul yeah, would yeah. It would only take $100 million. I'm not... I, I, obviously, oh, if he wanted yeah. the veterans minimum, yeah. he can go literally wherever yeah, anyway. he wanted yeah. to. <laughs> but I think... Resigning Chris Paul can't be the only move that the Suns make this offseason. They he should obviously want to come back. And I think that they should want him back unless they can go and get Dame. If they obviously if they can get Dame, <laughs> get Dame. But I mean, I thought look, DeAndre is a young player. But if you're gonna re-sign Chris Paul, you don't have many years to wait for him to develop. I thought he was good. I thought that he was able to create some tough shots for Giannis. Obviously you can't slow him down all the way. But you know, he was the only big body they have. And at the same time, it still wasn't enough. And and I don't know exactly what kind of packages you can put together because Ben Simmons wouldn't be the answer. Uh, Paul George might not be the answer. But maybe you just can't sit around and wait for Aiden to get better. Maybe you have to go and get somebody else if you're going to resign Chris Paul because you're not mm-hmm. going to wait to the third year of Chris Paul's contract when he's turning 40 years old to make a move. No, no, to, yeah. to win, excuse me, to win a finals. I mean, honestly, you sign the contract with Chris Paul thinking that we're really signing this for like next year and maybe the year after. Mm -hmm. By the third year, he's going to be massively overpaid, most likely. Uh, But also, like we were saying earlier, this feels like a tinker, not a blow up kind of situation. Like you like tweak it a little bit, not blow up and get rid of Aiden, who's one of your foundational pieces. I totally agree. Like Aiden was really good in the playoffs. Like really good. I I don't think Mm -hmm. you jump ship on that. 
and he's still what he's in his this was his third season fourth season um like there's still development yeah 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 but yeah like we were saying with the bucks it's like you don't have to completely destroy your team if you're if you were knocking on the door but didn't didn't quite bust the door down yet right right I'm just but the Chris, Paul, the Chris Paul thing, the Chris Paul, like, contract is going to, like, hamstring them. I, I say you just go in, like, try to catch lightning in a bottle, basically go in for, like, these next two seasons. You might suck for, like, three seasons after that because, or I don't know, however long. Right. The, like, the third year of Chris Paul's contract, you're probably not going to be that good. He's going to be super overpaid well, and you can't, you can't pay anybody. The Suns really have nothing, nothing to lose though, because they've yeah. they missed the playoff last year and they made the finals this year. So yeah. I mean, they, their yeah. worst bet is they miss the playoffs again, and then what? Then it's back to three a couple years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you really have nothing to lose because let's say the Warriors, who have who were a dynasty, have more to lose because they were their standard is making the finals versus a team like the Suns who kind of can go all out and win three. Let's say they they win three championships in the next six years. Let's let's say that right, and they never win again for the next fifty. I think it'd be worth it. It just that's just the way it goes. Fifty is a long time, maybe uh, twenty. Yeah, then they're, then they're <laughs> that's like a generation of sports fans. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like they they have the the ability to kind of go all yeah. out and risk it. You know? Yeah. 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 All right, thank you all for listening. As always, you know the deal. Uh, follow us on social medias, on Twitter, on Instagram. Wyatt is picking up some fire material for you. And as always, if you liked, please subscribe. And if you didn't, let us know why. And we will be making improvements in the future. Thanks for listening. See you next week.